And I'm Katie. And this is I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. Hey, horror fans, if you like what you're hearing, follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. Please subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and give us a great rating. It'll help spread the word. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We are here to talk about two movies. Doubleheader. Doubleheader, because Katie and I couldn't decide. We're very indecisive. Yes. And it's these are what they call a woman's prerogative, I think. <laughs> yeah. You know us. We're just so wishy washy. <laughs> we got that tunnel vision. <laughs> we're hormonal. <laughs> so we're this is our last episode. Well, I mean not forever, but like of our summer like, you know, chosen theme theme yeah, yeah. of uh, found footage so we are talking first about as above so below released in 2014 and then wreck um released in 2007 but first before we start what's new with you katie oh um let's see there were a couple of things that i wanted to remark on first of all did you know we have a review no of our podcast where on um I don't know, on my podcast app. Oh. I, I think on iTunes. Okay. What does it say? Um, it's extremely kind and flattering from a gentleman named Carlos from Texas. Is it a recent one? I don't know. I don't know how to look at the dates on it. The only reason I know it was there is because my friend Hillary, who was like queuing up an episode to listen to on a drive, saw oh. it. And then she texted me and she was like, what a sweet review you got. I was like, we got a review. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> What's a review? <laughs> like people could write stuff. Yeah. Well, was zoinks. I had no idea. OK. Um, yeah. Wow. So that was exciting. That's um, really nice. Shout out to Carlos. Carlos. Carlos from Te- our, our beloved state of Texas. My my home state. Yeah. Uh, hope you're staying cool, Carlos. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> Stay a, cool. I heard it was a... Well, my sister, coincidentally, is not to horn it on your, you know, what's new with you, but she's visiting from Dallas, and she was glad to get away and yeah. get out of that heat. But She's like, anyway. I'm bringing a sweatshirt. I know. She's like, I had to get my parka out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and oh, the other really thing... Nice. Um, I was uh, listening to the Paranormal Activity um, episode and got so irritated with myself because when I was doing the Parent Corner and I was talking about the one sequel that I didn't let Grace watch when she was little, uh-huh. I kept saying Ghost Dimension. Ghost Dimension. When it's marked ones. And all oh. of the, th- I was like, oh, it's a bunch, I, you know, because it's a bunch of teenagers, so there's more dirty stuff and they're blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm talking, like describing marked ones, but I yeah. call it Ghost Dimension three separate times. I was going to say, Katie, I'm very unreliable with my facts. Oh, it's also, I also have to redact John Carpenter being dead. That was the best. We are resurrecting John Carpenter after putting him in the ground. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's alive. (laughs) So I know for all of our listeners... They're, I know they're probably deeply disappointed. Yeah, by my they lack can of they can take off their funeral garb, their morning morning clothes, their black veils, toss them aside because he lives. <laughs> I know. 
So I was thinking of... Uh, Wes Craven, probably. Wes Craven. It's just the C. The C last name. Yeah. Craven and Carpenter. And then I got them all jimble jambled. And was, in, in your brigady brain. <laughs> in my brigady brain. And I was like, R.I.P. John Carpenter. He's like, what the fuck? And I just yes-handed you. I'm like, mm, yep, that's he's sure dead. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, I mean, really, I think we should blame Victor for not fact-checking our episodes before he you know? posts them. I pay him buckets of... Buckets of money. Money. <laughs> I pay him in cupcakes on <laughs> a semi-occasional basis. <laughs> I know. And, um, you know, he just didn't, he didn't pan out. He also didn't edit out my sneeze from one of the episodes. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't catch my Ghost Dimension Marked Ones uh, mistake. <laughs> like, he ha- so, like he has any idea what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we're going to have, he's going to get a talking too. Later. I know. Yeah. Well, Um, But with what's actually new with me is Mm -hmm. um, I just got to go to Disneyland last weekend. Um, (gasps) I love Disneyland. It was amazing. We um, so my husband's family are big Disney folks. Um, They've always gone every year to two years their entire lives. Um, I was one of those people that my parents took me once when I was six. Well, only my mom took me. My dad didn't go. And um, that was it. They're like, "Okay, you've been. Moving on. Check off the box and move on with your life. Of course, my kids were getting raised in their dad's family's fashion. And so um, before COVID, they'd been seven times. Um, So they had never gone more than like 18 months in their lives without going to Disneyland. And then COVID. Mm -hmm. So this was their first visit since 2018. So four-year gap. Not only was it a long time for them to not go, but it's also the amount that they grew up. In that time was dramatic, yeah. Um, and so it was really a, a really super new experience. Um, you know, being able to be like, okay, go run in the single riders line for Matterhorn. Bye. Yeah. Um, you know, like not having to walk them to the bathroom. You know, like it was it was a total game changer. Nice. And they they get along really really well. They're good friends, and they um, enjoy doing things together. And so it was really like the best part of it for me was just like watching them. Like as a little duo, I'm um, nodding my head because I completely cannot get that. Like when I took the kids to the San Diego Zoo mm-hmm. recently, it was like they're just walking along doing stuff, and I saw other kids, par- parents with like younger kids who were having like, the meltdowns, mm-hmm. finding a changing table, you know, walking in the bath, like all these things, and I'm like, oh, this is so nice. I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and, like, they didn't even want, like, souvenirs. You know, they loved shopping. They wanted to look in every single store and, like, oh, this is so cool, and oh, this is so cool. And then we'd be like, well, do you see something you want? And they're like, no, I'm good. Oh. And so it's like, oh, yeah, because it's like, you know, they don't need toys. They're over that. In terms of clothing, they're not super going to, like, fill up their wardrobe with Mickey shit. Um, and so, but they, they had the best time and, and, you know, we go, we've always gone like full adult arsenal. Um, we've never taken them just our, our nuclear family of four. We always go with my husband's parents and then one or more of his siblings and their partners. Uh Um, and so, I mean, the biggest trip we ever went on was nine adults, two kids. Uh This time we were party of nine total. So seven adults, two kids, um, so it's like, you know, the adults have plenty of time to sit around and chit chat and stuff. But it was just we were in the parks for four days straight mm-hmm. um, and just had an incredible time. Went on the like missed maybe three rides that we weren't interested in anyway. Like 
Didn't go on Dumbo. No give a shit about Dumbo. I shouldn't say that, though, because my sister-in-law's husband, that is his favorite ride. And he's like the sweetest, quietest, go along to get along guy would never speak up and be like, hey, we didn't go on Dumbo. Um, <laughs> thank God. He's writing his hate letter right now. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got a voodoo doll somewhere. Um, yeah. And and uh, I managed to make it through my first trip without Bugs Land, which I thought was going to be really rough. I did complain. Um, but I also recognize that we're very fortunate that we had Bugs Land when our kids were Bugs Land age. I know. I feel so bad the for the... Cars. Yeah, like the parents that are bringing their little kids to Disneyland now don't have Bugs Land to take them to. They have nothing where there's like immediate rides. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like it, not a long line. It was It was such a shady area. They had so much greenery. So it was like cool respite and hot weather. They had the puddle, like the splash pad park thing. Yeah. It was just such a great space for littler kids. Yeah. And they replaced it with an area that is mostly for adults. Like Avengers yeah. Campus is like... You, you can't know, do it. There's nothing. Young teens to adults. I mean, it's adults. cool. We yeah. walk through it. We're like, okay. There's one ride that is like obviously, you know, really hard to get on right now because it's new. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's it. Yeah. So it, I, I think that was disappointing to me. I will maybe get over it someday. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, no, the whole the whole trip was a fantastic experience. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm jealous. I love Disneyland. <laughs> I like the villains. You know me, I'm all dark and yep. spooky spooky. You like the meanies. I like well, those meanies. What's new with you? Uh I've just been busy, 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 busy. Just like um traveling. I went to Mexico with my the, the wonderful engineer. Um and we're there for, I think, five days. Yeah, five days, four nights in Cabo. Cabo. It was and, just the two um, of you, right? The kids didn't go. Yeah, we went to an adult-only, uh, all-inclusive, like, really nice boutique kind of resort. resort. It was so nice. And they had, like, really good food, amazing drinks. Um, the pools are really cool. It's, like, infinity, infinity pools. Because, like, in that area, like, the undertow is really bad. Mm-hmm. So you can't really swim in the ocean. But, like, being from the Bay Area, like, we have an ocean. So we weren't, yeah. like, super upset. For, yeah. It's not like we can yeah. swim in our ocean either, though. True. And... Not without a wetsuit. Yeah. I mean, I was like, eh, it's fine. So <laughs> I don't like sand anyway, but... I'm not in love with salt water. Yeah. I mean, I think that if I, if I was traveling from, like, middle America, and I'll, I'd be like, no, I want to go in an area where I can swim in the ocean, probably. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't super high on the priority list yeah. for me. But um, it was really good food, amazing, you know, really, really kind people were there. And it was really, it was really fun. It did actually rain one day. Mm-hmm. And the staff, they were, like, stopping what they were doing and taking pictures. Because <laughs> it, it, like, never rains? It hadn't rained since last year. Wow. So they're like, oh my gosh, it's raining. They're not going to believe this. Oh my God. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so it was really fun. Then we got back. And then the next day my sister came. And then she's been here for like a week now. Mm-hmm. And then five days into my sister's trip, the boyfriend's mom came also. So I've had a full house yeah. here. Um, and your dog got spayed. And the dog got spayed. <laughs> and she's like, she was on drugs. Just like all jacked up and... You know, super depressed because she has the cone. So, but she's doing really well recovering. So that's good. But I've had no time to myself, no time to just chill and watch a movie. So I like had to really squeeze in these movies. I was like, everyone leave me alone. I just have to watch this movie. I was really glad they were short. 
actually. Yeah, they were. And I, <laughs> but I did love the message of you're like, which one am I recapping? <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't know. I forgot. So, um, yeah. So it's been really fun. But um, the uh, doom and gloom of the end of our summer vacation. But try not to focus <laughs> on that. Victor, edit this cough out. <laughs> That's the 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 death rattle of our summer vacation. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> no, I know. I'm super bummed. Um, it's like I can't go to school. I'm sick. <laughs> uh, I'm already having anxiety dreams. Are you having anxiety dreams? Oh no. Dreams? Um, no, not yet. I actually had. Um, I did a meet earlier. Well, now on two occasions this week, I've had a chance to meet some of the new people that are coming on to our team um, this year because there are a lot of new hires. Yeah, a lot of yeah. new hires, and particularly so between you know the two fifth and two sixth grade teachers from last year, I'm the only one that came back. Wow, that's um, crazy. Now that you're the like, now you're the person in the know. Which is I know. I'm like the, I'm with one year at the school. I'm the you're senior. Like, I just got here, but oh not gosh. exactly because the. I mean, um, you've been there in some capacity yeah. for years and years. But the the other um, the teacher taking the other fifth grade class um, is not new to the school, but she's moving up from fourth grade. Oh, um, yeah, so okay. she she's has more experience than I in some areas, um, and then you know, but fifth grade is new for her. Um, but yeah. then meeting the two the two new the two sixth grade teachers and the fifth sixth aide are all new to the school. Yeah, um, so but be good. like meeting them, yeah, I got really good vibes from everybody. I mm-hmm. feel like it's going to be a fun team to work with. Um, so yeah, that, I think that that lessened my anxiety a little bit. Well, that's good. I, I I don't know if you know this, but like a lot of my school district is under construction. Oh, really? Yeah. My school is like, it has been shut down all summer. You can't even go. Oh, not really. Cause everything's under construction. Cause all new flooring for different, all the rooms, except for one wing, uh, and then I think in a lot of the room, I think three or four of the rooms got bathrooms. So like when I looked, wow. it was like floor tur- tor- torn out, piles of dirt everywhere, mm-hmm. um, just anarchy. And everyone's stuff are, are in gigantic metal boxes, like shipping containers mm-hmm. out in the play yard. And we get like a few days to, put up to move into our class. Oh my God. <laughs> so I already had an anxiety dream that... Um, like kids were sitting on boxes and piles oh. of dirt. <laughs> piles of in dirt. Because <laughs> I was like, I couldn't move into the classroom. Oh, yeah, I don't know. We'll no see. Good. Maybe they'll be sitting on piles of dirt. Maybe. Who can, who can say? It'll be a learning experience. You just have to figure out the the nugget of uh, science. Um, <laughs> we're studying worms, soil, and soil worms and, and rock formations. And we're gonna start. We're gonna do chemical tests on the <laughs> compo- composition of the soil. Or testing it for iron <laughs> um, and asbestos. <laughs> and asbestos. <laughs> Here, this boys and girls. This is lead. <laughs> boys and girls don't lick that. I know. All right, so you are talking about as above, so below. Yes, I will synopsis. kick this off. All right. um, and Go so ahead. I did make a, um, you know, pointed effort to make it shorter than my normal recaps, um, which that was makes one of us. Yeah, <laughs> well, because my normal ones are so long. But then when I was doing all the Paranormal Activity sequels, I was like had to make them crazy brief because I was doing like six of them. And so this yeah, one, and then I'm I like, asked you more questions about all. Of them. I was like, wait, what? Go go deeper. I know. <laughs> um, so this one I, is in between. So I, I, okay. I think I think it's a it's a good length for what we're taking on tonight. So as above, so below. As Meredith mentioned, was released in 2014, um, and set in the beautiful city of Paris. Um, 
Although, as you will see, the story doesn't really give you a lot of opportunity to enjoy the um, the metropolis itself. No, no. <laughs> no, because it takes place underground, except for the very beginning. But anyway, uh, let me not get ahead of myself. So Scarlet is our main character. She is a bold professor who has explored caves around the world, seeking archaeological and historic discoveries related to the Philosopher's Stone. So, you know, Harry Potter generation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. then halfway through my recap, I started typing Sorcerer's Stone instead of Philosopher's uh, Stone. Yeah. Because I, I was really confused for a while. I'm already getting off topic. Um, because the when my son first started reading Harry Potter, nobody in the family had ever read it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to buy the whole series until I knew that he was actually going to like it. And so I went on Amazon and found the cheapest used paperback copy that I could of the first book. So you got the um, British version? Yes. And so yeah. it was called The Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. And so then he loved it and he wanted the rest of them. And so then we ended up getting like this box set for him. And then, you know, Grace read the same ones later on. And I was like, wait, Sorcerer's Stone? What the shit? Like, what's going on? Um, mm -hmm. And then I had to, like, look up why it had two different names. Um, so I was doing that same transposition while I was writing about this movie because it is the Philosopher's Stone. And you're like, marked ones? What? Ghost dimension? <laughs> Victor, where were you on John that one? John Carpenter's dead? <laughs> what? Well, you not dead. Oh, my God. Okay. Continue. Okay. <clears throat> um, so Scarlett's work has led her to believe that the secret... Um, and perhaps the actual location of the Philosopher's Stone lies in the catacombs under the streets of Paris. Um, and documentarian Benji is recording her efforts to locate it. So those are two of our main characters, Scarlett and Benji, our cameraman. Um, Scarlett enlists her partner, um, uh, George, just a guy that she knows from her explorations in the past. And then they bring on the help of guides Papillon, Susie, and Zed. Um, who are three French folk um, that are going to help them break into the undiscovered parts of the catacombs. And so mm -hmm. these are three, you know, kind of like street wise Parisian young people that take like, you know, kind of act like um, extreme tour guides. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so they know like how to get into like the non tourist controlled secret corners and areas. Um, like sort of like spelunking kind of people. Bit, like, let bit. me go in the bad spots and. Let's yeah, explore with the extra graffiti. Yeah. Um, so this this is our team um, and the six of them begin the underground journey through the tunnels and rivers. Um, and they even observe in passing as they're moving through these initial parts of the catacombs, a cult ritual taking place down there. And the um, Papillon's like, like, well, yeah, you know, that's just like weirdos come down here and do shit. And it's like, mm -hmm. OK, well, so there's a cult having a ceremony. Yeah. Um, so Scarlet pushes to take this particular tunnel that Papillon is vehemently opposing because he knows of another guy that got lost down there. So they climb across this mountain of bones instead. Um, it collapses behind them and they discover that they are at the very same entrance to the tunnel that Scarlet voted for. Um, so and Papillon starts panicking because the pathways don't match what he knows to be there. So he's already being like, this isn't where we should be. We went this way. Why are we back here? Mm -hmm. Like we how did we end up? It's like in Blair Witch when they're like, we walked all day and now we're in the back in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the tunnel or like the bony tunnel collapsed. So yeah. they can't go back the way they. So they have came, to go so. into the tunnel that he really did not want to go into. Right. There's like no. Yeah. No going back. 
Um, so they continue and bizarre things start happening right away. Um, for example, a piano appears that is exactly like one that George had when he was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, a phone keeps ringing. And then when Scarlett finds it and answers it, uh, creepy voices speaking. Um, and they also encounter La Taupe. Um, who is the friend of Papillon's who had been lost um, down in the catacombs two years ago. This guy has been lost down there, and he's, like, definitely... Um, Weird. Yeah, got a golem thing going on um, and is, is pretty uh, is freaky. Like, Follow me. <laughs> and they're like, sure. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm just I'm, kidding. I'm all, I'm well, all in like, for that. Uh, okay, but I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> but we don't have a lot of options. Right. Um, so he leads them to a well... Uh, that Scarlet is sure will take them to the chamber that they seek. Um, they go down it. They earn their way through this Egyptian-style lock to another tunnel that leads them to a tomb um, that has the undecomposed body of a Knight of the Crusades. So we're getting a little Indiana Jones vibe mm-hmm. here because it's like, he's been down here for uh, 2,000 years and he hasn't rotted or whatever. Mm-hmm. That wasn't full metal? Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't remember them saying if it was or not. I just assumed it was. But, Maybe, but he had um, was Flamella a crusader? Because it had like a tunic on, like a like yeah. night garb. I don't know. I mean, I remember they said that his his uh, tomb was or his casket was empty. So I just assumed that that was him, but maybe I just oh that makes sense, yeah, because yeah, before they go down underground, they do find his like official headstone above ground. But that yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So maybe it was him. Either way, he should have been bones. And he, he should wasn't. have been bones, and he was not. He's not bones. He was fleshy. Yeah. Um, so they go even further down through this waterlogged passage to find the real treasure chamber, and Scarlet finds the. See here, I typed sorcerer's stone, the philosopher's stone. Okay, philosopher's stone. But the others that are forcing their way into the other treasure causes the chamber to collapse. Um, Susie is injured, and all their supplies are buried, and Latope is missing. Um, so it's, you know, that, that classic scenario of their, their greed gets them mm-hmm. into trouble because they couldn't just leave the gold alone and focus on what, you know, the main goal, which was yeah. the stone. It's definitely an Indiana Jones moment or For an sure. Aladdin moment. Yeah. An Aladdin <laughs> Don't moment. Gold. That's exactly what it A was. A diamond in the rough. Yeah. A diamond in the rough. And then you everything. have disturbed the forbidden A treasure. Okay. <laughs> I, have, I got a little. Carpet fly. Describe. Okay. <laughs> um, but so, uh. Using the sor- the sorcerer again, using the philosopher's stone, um, Scarlet heals the wound on Susie's arm. So everyone's mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit! Like it's real! Like it." It, it was like super jacked up, like a bone sticking out. Yeah, kind of and like all messed up. And and Scarlet just like held the stone against her arm, and then when she like took it away, the arm was just fine. Yeah, it was crazy. Um. So, good, Susie's feeling better, but they still need to get free. And uh, Scarlet, at this point, she uh, employs the adage that gave us the name of the movie, As Above, So Below, um, and locates a spot to bust through the floor and find another well for them to go down. So it's this idea of, like, well, we can't, there's no other way to get out, so we got to go deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next message that they find emblazoned um, is, Abandon all hope ye who enter here. <laughs> Which they're like, oh, great. Um, and Scarlet points out is uh, that's supposed to be the inscription over the gates of hell. Yeah. Um, and the next chamber matches the initial treasure chamber, except it's upside down. And so then they're like, oh, my God, 
we dug a hole to China. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a mirror image. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so, but they're like, let, I mean, we're just in for a penny, in for a pound, as they say, across the pond. So... They keep going. Um, they go back through the waterlogged passage a second time. They're back in the crypt with the crusader slash flamel, whoever that unrotted body is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they uh, rediscover Latope, who's just hanging out in there. Um, and he is even more crazed than before, and he attacks and kills Susie. Yeah, and his eyes are sort of like shark-looking eyes. Yeah, they're, they're like, the, like black. blacked out. Um, and they're like, what's wrong with his eyes? And he's like, eh. Just standing there super still, and then she's like, hey, little toe, little hey, little toe, little toe. Hey, bro. Hey, hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he went all crazy and... Yep, killed her. Yeah, Wah-wah. not cool, little <laughs> Um. So, But the group presses on. They're still trying to find a way out, but the only options they find take them even deeper. Um, Benji is met by a crazed cultist um, from the group that they saw earlier and ends up falling to his death. So they are down to four people, and they are still trying to find a way out. Mm-hmm. Um, next, they walk through a cavernous space, and they find a burning car with a man inside who drags Papillon into it, the car swallowing in on itself and disappearing along with Papillon. Mm-hmm. Leaving his feet sticking out of the dirt. Yeah. Which was insane. That was wild. I was like, that is an insane way to die. And get buried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um They pass a creepy robed figure seated in a church-like chair um, that pursues them and injures George. Um, And then at that point, the Sorcerer's Stone fails to heal um, George's wound. Sorry. Philosopher's Stone. stone. The stone. I thought I I corrected them, but evidently I didn't correct any of them. It was correct the first time I wrote it, and the rest of the time it says Sorcerer's Stone. Well, now her trick didn't work. Yeah, like it, it healed. Either Susie. way, the stone, it worked on Susie. It is not working on George right now. Yeah, and he's jacked up, like in that really bad creature, shape. Satan or whatever it was, took a chunk, a big old chunk out of his like jugular, and he was yeah. like gurgling blood. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, Dad, Dave, no, I don't know. He's like, <laughs> it was just mostly going. Oh, he's oh, like, oh, fix oh. it. <laughs> and she's like, shit, this oh, is not yeah. the right stone. Yeah, it's a trick. Yeah. And so then she like, you know, you get that moment where she's like, oh, we got to go back. And And you're like, like, I'm sorry. What? We got to what now? (laughs) I've been running for my life, climbing up and down. People people getting murdered left and right as we work through the space. And now we got to go back. Um, (laughs) Which is crazy. I was like, oh, my gosh. But and she does. And she's doing it like top speed. And it seems like like she gets there super fast. And partly, I mean, it's because she's backtracking. So she knows where she's going as opposed to the it's exploration like pace. It's like the traps are, too. Yeah. She's like, get out of my way! Like, a demon was out. She's like, smash it. Kept running, running, running. It was, it was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. So. Um, so she backtracks every step of their journey. Um, she is nearly drowned in a river of blood in the mm-hmm. process. Yeah. Um, she passes the apparition of what she thinks is her own hanged father, who mm-hmm. turns out to have her face. Um, and then, finally, she returns the first stone. Um, she runs back to Zed and George and she heals um, the wound with her own hands because mm-hmm. she now is the stone. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to hold the little stone. She is the stone. She has that power. Yeah, because it said like the riddle or whatever it was, was like you have to rectify 
rectify like taking it i think and then she's like okay i've rectified it and mm-hmm. she put it back she put it back and it's like and you'll find the stone and like had like this metal and she, and she's like where is it where is it and it was like kind of a reflection of herself and then she realized yeah. it was her and then she hauled us back which is i thought it was kind of cool yeah pretty weird it was very dorothy and the ruby slippers type thing like you had the power all along you had the power dorothy okay (laughs) um now that's what the scarecrow sounds like he's like dorothy (laughs) um, tell me i'm wrong (laughs) i will not you know i'm right i cannot and i will not um okay so they all make peace with their personal demons because then you know as it goes through and i didn't i omitted a lot of the details for brevity's sake but you realize that everything that they're encountering is all um a reflection of the deep dark uh, trauma that each of them have yeah you know like that is in their life that was a really impactful yeah it was like george's little brother died for her her father committed suicide papillon clearly or something with a car fire Mm -hmm. um and so all of their demons for lack of a better word um they had to make peace with them and they plunge into one final bottomless well and as they dislodge the cover on the hole in the floor it proves to be a manhole cover taking them back to the streets of paris yeah, that was crazy. So it's totally like um, season four, Stranger Things, like the when they go into the upside down and they're like climbing up and then falling down. Yeah, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Because gravity like reverses as they go through the hole. Yeah, that was nuts. Um, yeah, and then it ends mm-hmm. with, you know, the only three survivors just like totally wrecked on the street, like in the middle looking, of the street in Paris, hugging each other. Looking crusty and bloody and looking all dirty messed up. and covered in du- rock dust and yeah. demon demons. So they have a whole new set of traumas um, to, yeah. to cope with. Um, I know. Yeah, that was crazy. But yeah, so that was the end. That was as above, so below. Did you think mm-hmm. it was scary? Um, I wouldn't say scary. I thought it was really super entertaining. Like, I thought it was just super, like very, very creative. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I went in to... I, I just watched it, like, randomly one night. Because it was on Netflix for a long, long time. Yeah, it was. And so then I I was like, oh, I'll watch this. Okay. And then I, I went in with, like, very low expectations. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, this is crazy. Like, they're going through the gates of hell. Yeah. Like, climbing and climbing. And um, I thought it was really creative. They're, they're, like, the no sound where it was, like, weird. Like, everyone had their ears, like, all stuffed up in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And then, like, crazy noises. And then... Um, just different riddles, and then it was very like Indiana Jones, but like scary. And there's demons, little and, Goonies-ish, like, like yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, twist and turns, and <laughs> all sorts of stuff happening. I also really love the actor who plays George. He's really yes, he's really cool, and he's also part of like one of my favorite gifts was, which is uh, Mad Men. Did you ever see that? I GIF? never watched Mad Men. Well, he's in it, and. Um, it's just he he's in an elevator with like one of the, the main character mm-hmm. and he's kind of a lobby worker and he's like one of the big top guys in this advertising agency. And okay. he's like, um, he's like, you never, you know, you know, you never think you, you, you know, you really you've been treating me like crap and, and I'm really mad at you. Or I can't remember what he said, like the scene was. And uh, he's like, you must, I must really just get under your skin. And, and then the the main guy, his name is Don. Draper, he was like, oh, that's John Ham, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I never think about you at all. <laughs> and I always said that to people when, yeah. <laughs> as like a joke. That's your like personal <laughs> motto. <laughs> I don't think about you at all, or whatever it was. But um, 
Yeah, I love the actor. I think he's, he's so cool. And yeah, he was really fun. And I loved you didn't really go into that much about he was vehemently against going. Yeah, he did not want to go. He didn't want to go. And then what happened was, and I kind of forgot until the second watch um, yesterday when I was like, why did he go? I forgot. And then it was because they were, what they were doing was highly illegal. Yeah. And uh, the police officer, a policeman tackled Papillon. And then George, they all just jumped into that hole, like yeah. the little sneak. So it sneaking. was like, follow them or get arrested. Pretty much. Yeah. You're going to be, and and they kind of foreshadow this a lot because he he was like, you know, you got me put in Turkish prison. Yeah, he'd had some <laughs> bad experiences with Scarlett in the past. Yeah, and she's like, I'm sorry I left you in Turkey. <laughs> and he's like, every time I hang out with you, I end up in jail or in big trouble. So yeah. he was like, no, not today. I'm not. I'm going into the gates of hell before I go back to prison. <laughs> um so I thought that was really cool how he got like kind of bamboozled into it. He he ends up going and um yeah, I think it's really creative. It was it was like yeah, it was I love how they have to keep digging and discovering more things and she has to backtrack and I was like, Oh, their goose is cooked, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then she Because it felt like it took them so long to get as far as they did and now it's yeah. like she has to go all the way back. And I'm like, This movie is how long? Well, there's no way they're gonna it's gonna take that long yeah. to, for her to like backtrack, but it was like a few minutes in the movie. Yeah. But um I love it. I think it's amazing and really wildly entertaining. But um did you think it was scary? Um, it was creepy. It's creepy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd call it scary, but, um, it's definitely like the scenes when they're just kind of like poking their way through and the, it's like a phone ringing and you find a phone and you pick it up and like, there's this creepy voice on that, the other end that of the knows line. her name. That's and like knows Scarlet. her name. Like there's some creepy stuff like the, you know, like, Oh, a figure in a robe, just fucking sitting in a chair over there as you walk past these like empty uh, chambers in this underground labyrinth. Like it's, it's a creepy setting. Mm-hmm. And that's, what I think that um, it would be extremely scary for anybody who was claustrophobic yeah, yeah. Um, or had any kind of anxiety about enclosed spaces or depths or anything, because that's, mm-hmm. um, you know, terrifying. Yeah. Going back to like the, the comment I made about Blair Witch Project, where the idea of being like lost in the woods is almost as scary, mm-hmm. um, maybe to some people and as possibly to me as in the idea of a witch, because yeah. it's like maybe the witch is real, maybe the witch isn't real, but we're actually going to starve to death out here. Yeah. Um, oh, I, can I interject really yeah. quick about um, the uh, actor who plays George does have like a claustrophobia issue. Oh wow! So he, that made his, the role a little easier. His anxiety was very real. Yeah. apparently palpable <laughs> filming this yeah. movie. And also, this is the first movie where the French government approved them filming in the actual catacombs. Wow, mm-hmm. that's cool. I'm not sure about how much, but like for yeah, sure, some all of the it was set was and for sure, like 100 real. That's fantastic. Which I thought was, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Like, you know, be very respectful. But they had a car taken down there mm-hmm. and they had the piano, a piano taken down there. Wow. Okay. So I was like, oh, I was like, they were all in, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, like, it'll be, be good wrong. for tourism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong if I think that any of it was shot outside of the catacombs. I really don't know. But I know that bit about it so yeah I thought that was cool very cool trivia yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and so um 
Yeah, I think that the uh, physical setting um, is part of what does give it a discomfort and a creepiness because like even if you're not claustrophobic, this idea of like you're trapped underground and you have to go deeper. Yeah. And at one point he says there are like a thousand feet or something inside yeah. and they're like, oh my gosh, we have to go more. And I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. Like, like because when you want to get like, out, that's the like... last thing you want to do is go yeah. further in when you're trying to get out. Yeah. Um, and, and then just, they just keep having to go on and go on and go on. Mm-hmm. And, and like that, that creates like a very real, like sense of anxiety of just like non-supernatural real life situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that that contributes to that, like, any, like I said, discomfort or um, sensation that you might get watching it that would, you'd be like, this is creepy. I don't like this. I don't want to, I don't want them to mm-hmm. have to, I don't want to see what they do next. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like a Jaws situation or something where like you're on, in the oh, depths yeah. of the water and there's a creature and it's like, or you're in the water and there's no escape. Yeah. It's like you're a trapped feeling. Mm-hmm. So, so and a lot of horror movies you can they you know leave the house or whatever in some instances it follows them but mm-hmm. I, I think the mean I mean like it's hard for you to leave where you are yeah and that's um well not interesting that like that kind of we inadvertently uh linked these two movies in another way and for our uh, requisite falling of Meredith's gamer headphones <laughs> always have to drop my gaming headphones sorry everybody um because the next movie that we're going to talk about yes. has that um, aspect to it as well. So, oh, for um, sure. I think I'm ready to hear Meredith's recap of Wreck. Okay, so Wreck was released in 2007, and this is a quick little tidbit. Um, don't get rent the dubbed version because it's really annoying. <laughs> no, no, I'm, and that was the purpose that I was going to make uh, the Instagram post for it for yes. the homework, and I was going to make sure, like, if at all possible, get yeah. the subtitles because yeah, that dubbing it was like they had the cast of Sesame Street dub it. It was really annoying. It was like little children doing silly voices. They're like, "Well, I'm afraid." <laughs> <laughs> it was just terrible. It took it took you. Well, well, we can talk about. It after the recap but it just took you totally out of it yeah so if at all possible get rent yeah i don't know rent you know one that's not a dub because the one that is rentable on apple tv right now i didn't actually bother to read the details before i clicked rent um same on amazon um yeah is is a dubbed version so i don't know if there's Mm -hmm. if the subtitled version is out there streaming at all yeah. Um, or if you just need to look a little bit harder. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the first time I watched it was with subtitles. I've been, I tried clicking around to see if I could turn it off and then gave up. Yeah. So I have no idea, but it could be like a little like setting that was easy and we're all, we're both stupid. Yeah. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> I did, Yeah. In any case, watch it without the dubs. Um, yeah. Dubs talk, are bad. Talking. So, okay. Let me do our synopsis. So Angela Vidal is the host of while you're sleeping. Um, and she is having, they're doing a, a night at the firehouse. And, and it's about, like, what the firefighters do overnight at the fire station in Barcelona. Angela tries on fire um, and gear. She hangs out the station, gets a tour of the station, and she's talking to the firefighters. The person who's in charge, like, the, I don't know what he is, a chief or whatever, he's, like, just showing around. And he's like, hey, let me take you to the museum. And she's, like, behind his back is like, eh, just cut. And then <laughs> she's like, sounds great, but it's kind of... And she does it kind of on the sly. Um, so just kind of get the um, 
the impression she wants, you know, juicy footage, something yeah. of value. Something salacious. Yeah, that's that's good. And one firefighter says that about um, 70% of their calls are for things aside from fires, a uh, broken water main, pets that are injured or stuck in a tree or whatever. Yeah. Um, Angela's pretty bored. She goes to talk to her for people at the station. Seems like a quiet night. The next scene there is shooting hoops keeping busy, and then an alarm sounds. And they have to go. Angela and her cameraman, um, Pablo, they jump to the fi- jump into the fire truck with Alex and Manu. Ma- Manu? Manu? Manu, I think? Um, Manu, well, yeah, because yeah. if it's, like, maybe short for Manuel, yeah, maybe. Manu might be the nickname. Yeah, so they're with um, Alex and Manu, the two firemen that are on the call. And they get a call and they explain, oh, there's someone who's stuck in their apartment. Uh, we got a distress call about that. And the police are there also when they arrive. They get there and they find many people who are residents of the apartment um, apartment building in the lobby area. The policeman comes down and he tells the residents to stay in the lobby while the police officer escorts the firefighters, Angela and Pablo, to the apartment where this person's locked in. They heard someone... Um, they got a call because there, there's a woman who's like a shut-in. They heard like a woman fall. Someone heard a fall. Then they heard screaming, and they're like, "Okay, well, someone's like injured. Something's going on." So they uh, firefighters are trying to open the door to the woman's apartment um, with their equipment, and everyone's sort of like waiting in suspense. The door eventually opens. There's a woman standing there who's, who's sort of wearing like not like a negligee, but like um, a slip. Kind of. Yeah, and she's like an older, full-figured woman, so like, yeah. don't we don't want to give you the impression that this is like the horror movie, uh, sexy girl in a nighty opportunity. Like this isn't like a there's scream, nothing sexy about uh, it. Rose McGowan, tits McGee situation. No, not <laughs> no. at all. Nah. So they open the door. There's a woman. Uh, she's standing there, a little bit dazed, like uh, kind of standing there. Her name is. Conchita, they're like, Conchita, are you okay? Um, you know, we're here to help you. We, we were called to help, and we're just here to see how you're doing. The cameraman, he turns on his lights, and then it, you see that she's kind of covered in blood. And then she starts screaming and cowering. Um, so the policeman starts, like, kind of approaching her, like, it's okay, it's okay, like, kind of being trying to be soothing to her. And then she attacks and bites him in the neck. It takes the fireman and the other police officer to get her off of the uh, policeman as she's biting him and she like just takes a big old chunk out of his neck right out of that old jugular and they're like what the fuck because she (laughs) seems like a very feeble kind of old lady yeah she's just a normal old lady and they're like how does she have the strength of 20 men (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it has these like really like the firefighters they're like big gut dudes they're like trying Mm -hmm. to pull her off so that's uh concerning the officer's bleeding heavily as he's being carried down the stairs. There are more sirens. They hear more sirens approaching that are outside of the apartment building. The residents are in the lobby and telling the first responders that the people are outside um, and telling them that they're not allowed to leave the apartment building. They're like telling the residents, you can't leave and this is an order. And the military is there and there's other police and like canines and all those sorts of stuff. And they say, may I have your attention, please? The public health department has cordoned off this building um, and they have to follow instructions and stay inside. So the police officer who's left behind is telling the camera, Pablo, like, turn off your camera, turn off your camera. And there are more arguments as they try to work on getting out of the building in the back. They're like, you can't keep us in here. What the hell? And, and no one's telling them anything. Then one of the and other they've got firemen, like this incredibly injured <laughs> yeah. fireman. Or and is it a policeman that got bit? It's the policeman who 
got bit, they're like trying to get him out into the hospital. Like, yeah, he needs medical yeah. attention. And like, you can't leave. You can't like, leave. No joke. Yeah, and the residents are like, "What the? F- what are you talking about?" And the, the fireman Alex and or Manu is like, "What do you mean? Like, we have to get them out of here." And, yeah. and you know, so there's someone dying here. Then, and I forgot to mention that Alex had kind of stayed upstairs and. Um, he didn't come down with them, I think. And I kind of missed that in the hubbub of um, them filming them, the other guys, like, carrying the yeah. injured police officers But it down. does kind of make sense that somebody would stay up there with Conchita. Like, they wouldn't just yeah. leave her. Be like, bye! Yeah, peace out. <laughs> so, as they're all kind of bickering, arguing, like, what do we do? We have to get him out of here. We have to, you know, we have to get her, you know, get him the medical assistance. Alex, the other fireman, comes crashing down from, like, uh, the top floor, Third wherever floor, they whatever were. she was. Yeah. And he's gravely injured too. And he was also bitten and it was like, he's messed up and it was like insane. Um, so the last remaining police officer and uh, Manu run up the stairs to deal with whatever's terrorizing the building at the top of the stairs. Then the um, police officer, he's like, please turn off the camera. You yeah. know, please, you know, you gotta stop. It's turned off. And then it's turned back on to reveal Angela and Pablo going up the stairs to see what's going on. They're like, we can't just, like, stay down here. Whatever. Let's go see. We're journalists. (laughs) This is called What's Happening at Night or whatever the show is called. (laughs) While you were sleeping with Sandra Bullock. In the nighttime. So they go up the stairs. Pablo sees a woman running down the hall and she's, like, all bloody and screaming until she collapses and dies. And then you see Conchita grunting and running at them, like, full-fledged, like, Yeah, that was a scary moment. Them, like, ah, you know, crazy. They shoot her before she could reach them, the police officer. Uh, Pablo and Angela run down the hall um, to the lobby again. Um, Manu insists on getting them outside of the building, or getting these two injured people out of the building, his, his partner, uh, Alex, and the other police officer. But the outside is just, like, swarmed with police. They are... Then there's another announcement saying they're ordered not to leave the building again and BNC protocol has been implemented, which is a protocol where there is a biological or chemical emergency. Yeah. And then, so all the residents are also saying that communication has been cut off. Um, They can't use their phones. They can't, it's like they've been, something's jamming their signals. I'm not really sure how that works, but they can't call out to anyone or tell anyone what's happening to them. Manu, Angela, and the residents are trying to figure out how to get out of the building. They have the super's keys. Uh, they discover more officers in gas masks and dogs and more, and then this plastic tarp outside of the building as they, they run into like a room trying to f- figure out how to get out. And people outside are like shouting at them and have like these loudspeakers like, go back, you know, get away from the window. So yeah. it's like really crazy. They're ordered to leave the room and then they do and they go back to the lobby. Another resident has a little girl and is upset because she's in need of her antibiotics. She's running a fever. The mom says she has tonsillitis. Her name is Jennifer. One resident also asked to go upstairs to his apartment to get medical supplies for um, injured people. I think he is a medical assistant. Yeah, that's like, what he said. Like, they keep asking him to, like, do stuff. He's like, I'm just a medical assistant. Yeah. <laughs> can you perform surgery real yeah. quick? And he's like, I can do, like, a bandage. Right. Yeah, I, maybe stitches. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> so um, they let it. They see that he, um, Alex really looks really bad and the policeman. So they say, okay, fine, you know, go ahead. Um, so then he, you know, he, he kind of 
bandages them up, does like shots and stuff to help with the pain. Shots, 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 shots. And they're kind of on these gurneys in the, and I don't know if it's like off to the side area, not in the lobby, but like part of like a garage looking area full of like. Yeah, it almost looks like, like an in, uh, industrial kitchen or something. Like yeah. everything's all stainless steel and uh-huh. stuff, like, but it's like a back area, like a yeah. utility area. Yeah, so he's sitting there like watching them and he he tells Angela as a reporter and she's like well so like what is your assessment of these two people like what's going on and he's like they're critically injured this is really bad if we can't get them out they're probably gonna die Mm because this is like this is really bad news um Angela then proceeds to interview more residents there's a lot of residents um just kind of hanging about they're told to leave their apartments so they're kind of like super distressed, worried. Oh, yeah, because they, they try and do, like, a head count. They yeah. want to, like, make sure that everybody who's in the building is accounted for and, like, down in the lobby. So they're, like, going by apartment by apartment. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, so then, you know, just to make sure everyone's not, like, critically injured upstairs, maybe, and no one yeah. knows it, too, so. Well, the, the weird <laughs> shit's still going on up there. I mean, they shot Conchita, but, like, yeah. they don't know what else is going on. Yeah, and there's that random woman who was screaming out yeah, bloody. So. I don't know where she came from. Um, Angela then interviews Jennifer, the seven-year-old, re- seven-year-old who was sick and says that her dad is not allowed to come to the building who has her, like, antibiotics. Uh, he's stuck outside. Jennifer then tells the, um, Angela about their dog, Max, who got really sick and is currently at the vet. I'm sure that's not a big foreshadowing. Anyway. No, not so. relevant information <laughs> at all. So the residents continue to talk to Angela. Finally, a police officer who's in charge tells the residents that a health inspector is coming soon and will take blood samples to see who's in the, who is in the clear of infection. Manu and the police officer then discuss what residents are present in the lobby. Like you said, um, he's, he's like, we have to take blood samples, make sure you're good, and we have to have everyone down here so we mm-hmm. can figure this stuff out. Um, at this point, resident one of the residents who operates a textile company, she's also Chinese as well, and there's a little bit of like a prejudice thing because yeah. like, of the other some of the residents. older residents are like super racist. Yeah, and they're like, oh, they you know they smell like a fish smell, like weird like food smells, and we don't you know they probably brought this disease in here. Yeah, which is weirdly Foreigners. echoing what is happening in our lives in real life, which I like. Aside, we can talk about that later, but uh, it was, I thought it was a little bit funny. <laughs> um, one of the 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 women, she heard um, in very broken English, she is able to communicate that her, um, or her broken Spanish, I guess. Broken Spanish. Is able to communicate <laughs> that her dad's upstairs in their apartment. Sick in he's, bed. He's really sick. But he's like just an old guy. He's just old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the health inspector finally comes in. He's fully donning protective gear, including a He's mask. He's like Dwight Schrute when the lice mm-hmm. hit the office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a full, like, outbreak-looking yeah. thing. Uh, he has to go and talk to the resident who is taking care of the gravely injured Alex and um, the police officer. Then the camera is turned off there saying, you know, you cannot come in here. Um, then it's turned back on, I think, by Jennifer, who's, like, messing with it. And then... The re- the residents are kind of waiting around. Angela and Pablo pick up the camera and they're like, let's go and see if we can like kind of sneak in a little bit and see what's going on. Yeah. So they put the camera in a window, one of the side windows, and um, they see that, um, you know, they're, the health inspector is handcuffing the police officer, and, or Alex, and then they're asking, he's saying handcuff the other guy, the police officer, too. And they're like, why? Yeah, why they're are like, they hang... These seriously injured people, why are they handcuffing Yeah, and them? they're, like, in a coma, basically. And yeah. they're like, why, you know, why we do this? 
Then um, the two men kind of who are super injured one second before are like... Death's door. <laughs> yeah, death's door are like, you know, attacking viciously the um, poor resident who's taking care of them. Like, yeah. and, and it's really bad. And then they have to kind you know, run for their lives. So the health, in- health inspector, they all run out, including Angela and Pablo. They're like, what the... F- what in the hell was that? And they, like, shut this big kind of industrial garage door thing to keep the um i guess i want to say zombies at this point at this point yeah i think we're with the biting and the resurrecting from the dead where i think we're in zombie territory yeah so he he eventually reveals the health inspector that they um the reason they're there is because they had a vet call them saying that a very very sick dog named max displayed really violent behavior and attacked and killed the other animals and um they were able to identify this virus a a weird virus contagion and they saw his microchip that he was from that apartment so which is how they showed up and quarantined (laughs) the building before anybody inside really even like stuff inside hadn't really started happening and they were already outside surrounding the building right so they you know, they were like, something crazy has happened, and, um, you know, there's a contagion, we have to figure this out, we have to see who's sick, we have to isolate them, and not let this spread. So that's why they were being, like, super, like, strict and stringent about, like, who can leave the the building. Yeah. But, so, like, when that information about Max came out, and then they, like, all yeah. do the slow turn to little Jennifer. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> she has tonsillitis. I know. <laughs> so they were like, holy crap. And then they look over at the mother who's like, no, no, it's just tonsillitis. So then... Blame Je- the Chinese guy. I know. Um, there's fishy smells. Um, <laughs> Jennifer then spits blood into her mother's face, screeching, screeches like a banshee and runs away. <laughs> <Toddlers>, <laughs> runs upstairs, am I right? <laughs> I know. Runs upstairs. I'm like, I'm like hey, is it that different from like what a child does? I mean, anyway. that's pretty... That's, that's what a six-year-old just does on an average day. Mm-hmm. So then Angela and Pablo run upstairs to retrieve the screeching child. Um, they kind of run after the police officer and uh, Manu, who are like, oh, my gosh, we have to go, you know, figure this stuff Do, out. Does her mom run after her, too? No, they, I think they handcuff her to. They're like, you've got her blood in your mouth yeah. now. <laughs> She's been spit in the eyes and mouth and yeah, they handcuff her here. to the railing. So she doesn't run upstairs. And they discover that the residents who the resident who collapsed and died is not there anymore. And so and Conchita, who was shot dead, is gone too. They're not there oh, anymore. Yeah. Bodies so, disappearing is problematic. <laughs> yeah. Then they find a dazed zombie faced looking Jennifer, where they attempt to give Jennifer this shot to kind of make her unconscious. Um, she manages to bite the police officer. She screeches viciously. Manu runs away because the police officer is restraining Jennifer and he's like, Go, go, I've been bitten, just go, just go, I've got her. Um, and then he comes running downstairs, uh, he, and then he comes face to face with uh, Conchita again, who also has like um, you know, who's attacking him. He manages to beat her down and then runs away. <laughs> she takes a licking but keeps on ticking. <laughs> no. Angela and Pablo and those residents are running away um, because the gate that they managed to close is like coming back open because the other guys have been like reanimated too and they're like, right, like trying like, to break back and in. Yeah, it's definitely like a 28 days later situation. We're like, yeah. ah, like crazy. Um, and then, um, 
they managed to barricade themselves in an apartment and the infected are trying to get at them. It's all then discovered that the doctor is bitten. He turns um, and then he bites the other resident who's not like the doctor managed to shut a gate on himself. But then he managed to get through the gate and bites this other resident who's with them, who, you know, like they're safe for like two seconds and then got like um, attacked. And they realize that. One of the residents has a key to the door that um, lead to the basement. Or there's a basement door that leads to, like, these tunnels that let them out. Right. And one of the residents has a set of these keys. So they're like, okay, well, we have to go find these keys. And one of the residents' apartments, we don't know where these keys are, and these bloodthirsty zombies are chasing us. Yes. No pressure. Then they, um, trying to figure out where the apartment is, they run down to the mailboxes, smash some zombies on the way, <laughs> beat them down. Uh, it would point, make a really good video game. Both of these movies would make really good video games. At this point, like, everyone's infected except for them. The, except like, for the Yeah, those camera. guys. Yeah. They can't, Pablo, Pablo and Manu and Angela. They're Angela. the only ones left. Everyone else is Zombified. really, really hosed. They... Find the apartment. Uh, Manu is like, I'm going to man the door. You guys go in and find these keys. And then Angela is like frantically like running, ripping out door uh, drawers, not doors, drawers. She's she's going on a Hulk, ripping doors off hinges. (laughs) I know. She finds like handfuls of keys and follows like, just take them. He's like, that's terrific. (laughs) I know. I'm like, how is that going to help you? What the hell? So she has these keys. And they can't go down there because there's a horde of zombies coming after them. <laughs> so they manage to run upstairs to this penthouse. Um, they find the key to let themselves in, and they shut the door, and it is messed up. Well, because they had <sighs> mentioned that before. Oh, when we, they were doing the apartment by apartment roll yeah. call, and they were like, like clean blood which floor, <laughs> which floor, and then they talked about like the top floor, and they were like, oh, nobody lives there. Some it's guy for, owns it, but he never yeah. comes here, yeah. or they, something like that. They, they basically said, said it was like vacant. Yeah, yeah. They said it was like empty for two years. The guy was in Madrid. Yeah, that's it. So he. Um, also, I forgot Manu got it, too. He was... He, they, they, like, ran out, and they're like, where's Manu? Where's Manu? And then he's, like, downstairs, and, like, looks at him, like, ah, with his, like, crazy face, and they're like, oh, shit, run, run, run. Zombie <laughs> Manu's coming! I'm run. So they run into this weird-looking house, penthouse. They... It's a weird laboratory with strange pictures all over the wall, articles about this little girl who was possessed, more papers, and then a tape recording with a man talking about isolating an enzyme. He talks about how it mutates and then about it presenting like the common cold and how it destroyed a little girl and how he was tasked by the Vatican to um, fix this. So he was a Vatican virologist. Yeah, I guess so. Um, He sealed the girl in that penthouse and he says, you know, he's like that that should be enough to keep her in and if anything is to go wrong may god have mercy on us yeah um and seems like an irresponsible <laughs> way to address that a situation that he knows has such dire consequences yeah. and then at this point the attic door goes busting down and um pablo's like i'm gonna just stick my camera up there and see what i can find out and there's like an infected child who like bashes in the wind like a light mm-hmm. and you don't know where he came from and then they're in pitch black and angela's flipping out pablo has to turn on the um like the night lights. vision night vision yeah. yeah 
and um, everybody's favorite Silence of the Lambs view. I yeah, and he turns on the night vision. Angela is flipping out because she hears something like clinging around the apartment. And Angela and Pablo hide as there's this creature that's skulking oh, about with a hammer. I like that creature. Oh, my God. That creature reminded me so much of the creature at the end of Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing, like the skeletal, she was naked. I mean, she had underpants on, thank goodness, but yeah. she was nude other than that. And mm-hmm. her face, it also reminded me of the demon from um, Insidious Last Key. Yeah, yeah. It was just insane. Yeah, it was a really, really creepy. I mean, they're looking. pitch black; they can't see. Only Pablo can see through like the camera. He's like, "Oh my god, okay, shh, be quiet." And yeah. Angela's like, <gasps> <laughs> you know, like doing her Lamaze breathing. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you breathing so loud? <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Yeah, um, Pablo's like, "Bye." Okay, no. Um, so it's skulking about with a hammer, and then seems to like drift off. Somewhere else, and Pablo's like, "Okay, like we can get out." Like, nobody's home. We can get out of here, and then they're trying to sneak past her, this creature, because it's unaware. Which is the girl that he, the the guy left. Yeah. Okay. So she's the um, the one that had been locked in in that room. Yeah, and you know they try to sneak past her. She's unaware that they're there, and then there's a big. They're in like insanely weird hoarder laboratory apartment. So of course there's like metal dishes clanking and clanking everywhere. Yeah. And somehow some stuff is messed up and it makes a big sound. The creature turns around and then um, kills Pablo and um, Luis or Angela is like freaking out. And then she discovers the camera or she finds it on the ground. She's like, Pablo, Pablo, Pablo. And sees the creature taking chunks out of Pablo and he's he's toast. Poor Pablo. And then she falls and you can see the camera on Angela and she's like, oh my gosh, you know, and then she's dragged away. And that is the end of Wreck. Twists and turns. Twists and turns. It was a real roller coaster. Did you think it was scary? Um, if I cast my memory back to watching it with subtitles, yes. It was super scary. Super scary. Um, Uh For a lot of reasons, um, I think that it was, like, it's a great concept for a zombie scenario that's, like, like that, you know, parallel that, you know, I drew with um, As Above, So Below of, like, they're being forcibly detained in a space occupied by zombies in a zombie outbreak. Because, like, in all zombie movies, you're, like, fleeing. You know, the whole activity in a zombie movie is fleeing the zombies. And this is like, nope, you don't get to flee. You are trapped with them. You can't get out. Um, So that's like another level of the the like fear and fright of that Mm -hmm. experience. Um, And then I also thought it uh, was interesting that um, and kind of unique considering how modern public services might actually respond to mm-hmm. an outbreak, a zombie outbreak, um, because usually in zombie movies, like they kind of skip over that part. Like either it goes from the very beginning of the outbreak and then it fasts forward to there's zombies everywhere, mm-hmm. or um, like the infection spreads so fast that emergency services don't even get a chance to respond, and all you see is like fire trucks smashed into walls and stuff because mm-hmm. it just happened so quickly. But to see this concept where it's like it was detected, a doctor was like wait, there's something wrong here. They track it to the location. They quarantine the location. They're using the protocols that they have in place for bio- 
biological crisis mm-hmm. um, and and seeing that kind of like modern approach applied and what it would look like if this was an actual zombie situation. I thought that was kind of unique. Like you don't really see that in a lot of those movies. Yeah, I mean, obviously flawed because you're terrified for the people inside. But then from a public health standpoint, you're like, I want like, them to do that. You're like, that makes total sense. Yeah, please. Like, please like, keep them inside. <laughs> go to the hospital, infect everybody. Sounds yeah. great. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> Leave them in there. Um, and so the for those reasons and others, like it, it, it was just full of scary moments. Like every time Conchita appeared, it was fucking scary. Um, oh my gosh! A lot and a lot crazy. of the things, like when Alex falls and gets injured initially, like the way that they shot that moment of him just kind of like falling out of nowhere and hitting the ground and like a, not a jump scare, but like a very jarring um, yeah. moment. Um, there was a lot of moments like that that mm-hmm. were really, really effective. If you were listening to the original audio of the film, yeah, because yeah. the the dubbed version, I don't know, I don't know what it was about the um, voice actors that they cast, but they just it it took you completely out of this terrifying scenario and just made it sound goofy. Yeah, that didn't help for sure. I thought that was kind of <laughs> it was annoying. Yeah. And side note, I made my child, my twelve yeah. year old, watch it with me. Yeah, because I was like, eh, it might be. It's a little violent, but nothing crazy. So she watched it, and she's like, mm, that's that's pretty boring. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's because the dub made her come out of the moment, or made her like, yeah, think it's kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> Which well, I think if it was not, she would have felt... It would probably have been more impactful, I think. Maybe. I it's hard to, like, think about, you know, because being an adult that's accustomed, you know, you more so than some people, to reading subtitles, but we can't really make assumptions about a kid's ability to watch a movie at the same time as they're reading the subtitles, because that is, like, a high-order thinking skill mm-hmm. um, that if you've never done it before... It might be like you would be so focused on reading the text that you would never actually look at what's happening in the scene. Yeah, I guess that's true too. Um, but uh, yeah, I I just I I feel like the the dubbing. I don't know. I just hated it. I hated the whole thing. Like it it made it um, like I didn't even want to pay attention to the movie. And I think that. Um, you know, we're we're so easily distracted for movies that we're watching all the time, especially a movie that we've already seen before and we're rewatching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with that whole like looking on your phone or just whatever. But if you're having to read the subtitles of a foreign language film, you can't be distracted. It's like a way to really force you to Definitely. focus on. And that's the the thing that is most effective in making a scary movie scary is to be completely engrossed in it yeah. and not be distracted. Um, to, to kind of forget where you are and get into the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having it be subtitled, you know, keeps your attention 100% focused on the screen because if you're not, then you don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there are also, like, people who maybe aren't super fans of, like, uh, scary movies do have these ways to kind of, def- like, defend or, like, it's a way of preservation I think oh yeah <laughs> you putting know, up like, ba- little barriers yeah like I want to look at my phone or what's on Amazon like yeah, oh yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah get distracted so they're not like freaked out and then be like it wasn't scary and you're like yeah. well you weren't you weren't like in the moment yeah you, were trying you didn't to, give like, it a chance did you yeah. think it was scary 
Oh, for sure. When I saw it in the um, original form, I thought it was really scary and um, really well done. I, and I really loved the the ending scene is insane. Yeah, like that, that creature. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like ter- one of the most terrifying things. Between. Like you want to freeze. You yeah. know, like zombies running all over the place. You like run away, run away. But seeing that thing, you're uh-huh. just like. <gasps> and then knowing that the characters, with the exception of Pablo, like Angela is just staying there in pitch black. Yeah, just need to know what's there. And she's just like, oh my God, what's, what is it? What is it? You know, and Pablo's like, it's not that bad. This is fine. <laughs> Don't, it's just a lady. a lady. She's looking for her top. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was terrifying. Kachita, where she's like, at first, like, I'm a little dazed. What's going on? <laughs> like, crazy. Um, and then the zombie little girl who runs off. Yeah. It made me think of, like, the opening of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Which I love so much. It's, like, one of my favorite openings yeah. of, of a scary movie. Um, and now, is yeah. that... I remember that really clearly from the remake. Is that the opening of the original as well? I can't remember. I don't think so. I really don't think... I think that was unique to the remake, but yeah. I could be wrong. Um, but I remember being like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, that... That's one we might have to do someday, is yeah. the Dawn of the Dead. Or, like, do the original and the remake, but that yes. remake was spectacular. I loved it. They did it right. Yeah. They did it upright, and I thought it was a fantastic... For realsies. Fantastic. So that reminded me of that, and so I thought it was insane. But, um, yeah, I just like how jarring it was, how characters suddenly died or were really gravely injured, like, out of the blue, really fast. Nothing, I mean, um, you know, no, nothing leading up to it. Suddenly, Alex was thrown off the thing yeah. like you kind of the... even forgot alex was there until he is falling into the frame to yeah. his essential it death was, it, it was crazy and you're like what the fuck? oh my gosh and then you see all of those you know special forces outside you're like yeah. oh my gosh there this is bad and um this is really serious and you know these people are scared for their lives and and i don't they're not going to get out they're not going to get out of here. It's yeah. like it's basically very like an and then there were none situation. Yeah, except then they're all reanimated. Yeah, and chasing yeah. you and bloodthirsty and crazy and running. And when there's nobody left for them to pursue inside the building, then they'll t- focus their attention on getting out. I know. So. Uh, well, and that's a, like another thing that I feel like I, I can't say this for certain, but I think that the, um, going back to the dubbing, that the um, voice that they chose for Angela's character, like, I feel like she was actually a pretty, like, bad bitch. Like, she was, like... A, a good character mm-hmm. um, and then the voice um, in the dubbed version made her just sound like a bimbo. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't tell me about being a firefighter. <laughs> but I think that she was actually like pretty tough and maybe still annoying at points mm-hmm. but I think that she was tougher like her actual character yeah. than you got with the English voice. And so mm-hmm. that's really unfortunate when the like the actual like character might change based on the way their lines are read in English. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I seem to remember when you can hear her voice. I mean, obviously I can't understand it, right? But mm-hmm. I could hear her inflection in her tone. And she's like, no, people have a right to know what, you know. Yeah, yeah, she's tough. And it was like... She means business, and I, it just didn't yeah. do it for me. And yeah, I mean, I was taken out of the moment for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, let me go back to the last scene where it was um, they went up to the attic, they found all those articles, and I thought it was really interesting because it was a very unique take on zombies or whatever a virus and mm-hmm. how it was um, a possessed girl. It was evil, 
at that she ha- and he isolated evil and it mutated into a virus that like possessed like what you know altered other people yeah so i thought i don't know like i've never really seen that in, yeah in, that's in, unusual in, too <clears throat> like kind of linking those two things because zombie movies are always just very medical yeah, there's a virus, and it's weird. We don't know where it came from. Yeah, it's um, not supernatural. Yeah. It's just, you know. But not like the Vatican right. isn't involved. The, the devil like, isn't making the zombies. Right. And I love that she was still there, and that was yeah. terrifying. And I loved that there was, like, a zombie child randomly in the attic. Yeah. That you don't know. But in the movie Quarantine, which was written as well, the um, screenplay was written by the creators of this, the Spanish version as well, mm-hmm. and he they wrote it for American audiences. Quarantine, um, which is essentially this exact same plot. Is that the one you're saying? The star Emily Rose was the yes. Angela character. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And she's awesome too. Yeah. But they go up to the attic and it's sort of discovered what happened more a little bit more okay. is um, rats were getting into that place that attic Uh area and instead of that creature it was like a man and it was like he was like blindly like weirdly groping around yeah and you could see the angela character she's like like this like clary starling (laughs) yes raise your hands out like a clary starling and it was terrifying yeah and um but that gives a little more information how the dog got infected and how it it caused the spread Mm -hmm. of there's like little creepy crawlies and um you know causing this apartment building to become a biological hazard (laughs) with a virus. Yeah. Well, that's, I feel like that's, um, you know, COVID aside, like that's a common thing in movies too, that um, illnesses that are dramatically impacting the human population being traced back to animal origins. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean that, I don't believe the quarantine take had the Vatican involved, but Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. But I just thought that was interesting in this movie that that was part of it. And I thought that was kind of creative and uh, and definitely terrifying. And that attic is like a weird hoarder, medical, horror, demon, nightmare situation. Yeah. It was was like a weird Dr. Frankenstein's lab. No, no good. Yeah, I was like getting tetanus watching it. I'm going to get tetanus. Like there's too much stuff taped up on these walls. I'm not comfortable. Random needles everywhere. There's like random syringes all over the counter. So I was like, oh my God. I would just like get poked. I'd be dead in like 10 (laughs) seconds. But I do actually have some different trivia that I thought, I was like, I wonder if there's anything interesting. So I looked at IMDb uh, trivia about Rec and it it has a few tidbits, which I thought were kind of cool. So the first one is the actors were never given a script in its entirety. And so none of them knew of their characters' fates. And oh. sometimes not until the day that they were actually were filming their scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, this meant that the actors were more often than not stressed, nervous, and apprehensive on the day of filming. Um, Interesting. They didn't know what happened to them. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Making then, it more realistic. Yeah. And also the actress who plays Angela is really a TV personality and host. Okay. Which I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. It's also, the movie was all filmed in real locations, like real apartment building. Uh, mm-hmm. So there are no sets. Um, I must feel like that's fiscally responsible. Because if it's yeah. just one, it's it's like with Paranormal Activity, if it's just filmed in a house. Like, rather than building sets, just use a house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't even have to Why buy not? the house. You can just lease it. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. And then, um, so then... They uh, 
all the scenes were filmed chronologically as well, which is pretty. Oh, that's weird. unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then the the actors they uh, the directors chose actors who were not really familiar um, with each other or you know to make it more realistic with their um, okay. improvisation. Yeah. And um, so the way they relate to each other would be more genuine. Yes, and then also. They kind of thought about having them follow police officers, but then decided that 9-11 um, had give, made people more... Because this came out in 2000... I mean, 2007. So people were more, um, I guess, receptive to firemen. So they had them f- following firefighters, I guess, which okay. I thought that was kind of interesting. And then also, they didn't really know what would happen, as I said, to different people. So when Alex falls... They didn't know. So their reactions were real. Yeah, their reactions were like, oh my gosh, when they're like, what the heck is that? They didn't know that that was going to um, to happen. And then, I don't know, I think that a lot of these different approaches made it really fun and kind of authentic reactions. And yeah. I think that's also what I'm hearing or reading about like these found footage movies. Yeah, it's a trend. It's a lot of like Yeah, not you know, script let's, focused. Let's keep it loosey goosey. Yeah. Let's um you know, have someone Yeah, cuz they don't killed. want it to seem polished. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's gritty. It's supposed to be. Yeah, gritty. Mhm. And then the actors not really there's a lot of improvisation. They don't know someone's falling, about to fall and then have them go <gasps> like that when they realize what's happened and um yeah, I really love it. You know, if if anyone has an opportunity to watch the non-dub version or even Quarantine, which is really good. Yeah. It's very well done. I feel like the Quarantine has to be better than the dubbed version of Wreck. I would say so. And that actor, the actress, she's she's really amazing. And so I would recommend that that movie any day because it's frightening. But I also know... I feel like I've watched the Wreck Wreck 2 because the director and writer, they, they wrote... They did a few more... Um, sequels uh-huh. and then it Wreck 2 picks up right away mm-hmm. after the events of the Wreck the first movie um, so I would be I feel like I watched it but it's been so long I'm pretty sure I watched it in 2007 so that's you know it's been a minute so I yeah. forgot what happened um, and then I've been really busy so I didn't have time <laughs> to watch as I'd hoped but yeah. um, so, well, you already fun. touched on, um, you know, you, Charlotte, watched Wreck with you and um, probably be in at least in part because of the dubbing found it pretty dull because yeah. um, that, you know, and she's like, everyone just got bit. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and that's that's a pretty accurate assessment. Like, yeah, of a zombie movie. Yeah. Um, and then so Grace, when um, she found out because I was expecting to be watching Rex subtitled when she found out that that was going to be the scenario. She was like, no, thanks. Um, and so yeah. she did not watch that with me. Um, although I did text her five minutes in being like, oh, my God, it's so badly dubbed. But um, she did watch As Above, So Below with me. Um, and I mean, I don't I don't think she loved it. I think she could probably like take it or leave it. Um, but both of them. Um, I mean, obviously, Rex has more gore in it mm-hmm. um they probably have similar levels of profanity like it's you know there's some swear words here and there yeah. there's adults in life threatening situations they're going to be cussing a little bit yeah they're like what the fuck you can't keep us in here i mean yeah. it all seems it's it's uh, it's appropriate genuine. for the setting like, yeah it doesn't seem gratuitous like yeah. gratuitous cussing for no yeah. reason and neither of them have any adult material any adult scenes sex scenes or nudity or anything like that 
Um, so actually, they're not they're not bad choices for like horror newbies or young-ish horror fans, except for the fact that they might find them boring, like Charlotte did. Yeah, she thought um, it lame. It's not, it's not going to overly scare them, and it doesn't have a lot of problematic stuff for younger viewers, but it also doesn't have a lot of captivating stuff for younger viewers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So probably not great choices for, you know, the horror fan you're raising at home. No, yeah. They, they can watch them later on and, you know, feel all indie and shit. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could probably skip think, them for your kids. I think they're fun, but for me, you know. Yeah. And, and definitely one of the top in the genre of found footage movies. I really, um, I really like these. I mean, I didn't really ask you really before we started recording, but are there any that we haven't talked about that would be like a found footage movie that you'd be like, oh, this is really good. Um, um, well, yeah, because I, I remember at the beginning of the summer, I had found some internet list. It was like the best found footage movies. And I was going through to see like which ones maybe we would cover. Um, one that I was like, oh, I wouldn't think of that at found footage, but it kind of is. And I love it is Unfriended. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, the entire movie is just movie. the, you know, your view of someone's computer screen. Yeah. And that is a really good one. A really scary one. Yes. Not a kid friendly one. Oh, no. Um, no. But it's all like big it's fan all, of like, Unfriended. FaceTime situation. Or, but it like, is, I mean, it is found footage, really, because, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's just what what's on this computer screen. Um, and I saw that one in the theater, which was a really interesting experience to be like staring at the theater screen being someone's computer screen for the entire movie. It's definitely an interesting. I didn't see it in the theater, but mm-hmm. I, re- I remember thinking this is a really weird experience and I'm loving it. I like, am here for it. Yeah. Um, and then the other one I mentioned um, at the top of the other episode and then was like, ah, oh, but we're not going into that now um, was Catfish. Right. Which I'd never seen. Yeah. So um, wait, is I, it related to the show? From, on MTV or something No, I mean, different. it's the same topic, but essentially what it is, is it actually is real footage. Uh-huh. It's, um, there's three boys, um, two of them are brothers, and um, they are, a couple of them are, f- I think they're film students or something, mm-hmm. and so they just film everything all the time. And lo- and he films his brother all the time, too, because I think his brother was an artist or something. Mm-hmm. And so he's just always filming his brother. And then um, the brother um, initiates this relationship with this young girl who lives out of state, who's also an artist. And so he's a photographer, she's a painter. And then they start this kind of like, you know, brother, sister, like cute, long distance relationship where she sends him her paintings and all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. then he ends up starting to message her older sister and they're like, you know, on social media together. But basically, he's being catfished. Oh my god! Like gosh. in in re- IRL, he's actually being catfished. And this but is the, a real movie. Yeah, and the brothers are just documenting it because they they were already just kind of filming him whenever because that's they're just film students and that's what they do. But as this story started to develop, they like focused in on that to the point where he would be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I want you to stop recording. Like, I'm not. He basically was like, I'm not a performer. Like, I'm not here to be in a movie for you. And they're yeah. like, Oh, but we just got to get this and we got to get this and then eventually you know suspicious stuff starts coming up to make him suspect that it's not what it seems to be and so then they go um and surprise like the 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 catfish right um where they are have been told these people this family lives Mm -hmm. um and so that's why like it's not 
it's not scary because in the end it it really is just a person that yeah. is doing this to him. There's nothing, you know, no like big reveal or or um, something supernatural or anything. It truly is just like one kind of messed up person doing something messed up to another person. Yeah. But they manage yeah. to put the movie together in a way where it's like it's really unsettling. Oh, I'm sure. And you're like you and you genuinely are like anything could happen next. Like you have no idea what's going to happen. Well, I'm intrigued. I definitely would watch that. That sounds... Yeah. I love a good documentary, and I love that one that's very, like, ooh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, and it's um, it's not streaming free anywhere, but I rented it. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and I liked it, but I, I was expecting it to be scary, and I don't know if before I started I knew it was genuinely real. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started reading about it, and it um, you know, was talking about... Like when they actually edited it into a film and started taking it to the um, the film circuits and um, festivals mm-hmm. and everything, and people like asking them like, "Is this really real? Is this?" And they were like, "We we couldn't. We're not creative enough to write something like this." Yeah, <laughs> like, that's insane. Yeah. It makes me think of that. Not to go off on a tangent about catfishing, but there was a podcast. And it's like six part, and their episodes are like pretty short. It's not a big time suck, but it's called Sweet Bobby. And it's it's okay. I think I remember Karen and Georgia talking about that. Yeah, and on uh, my favorite murder. Yeah, it was it was recommended, and I just turned it on when I was making dinner, and then I was like, I have to totally hooked to what happened in this. This is pretty wild, and then there's a conclusion that doesn't leave you really hanging. Yeah, so it was pretty good. But um, are there any found footage uh, movies that you like that we didn't get to this summer? Um, Hell House. Hell House LLC. LLC. I forgot. Yeah, that was definitely in the running to be covered this summer. I love that one. That is so scary. I thought it was really good. So scary. Yeah, I thought it was good. There's like betrayal. There's lying. And then there's actual genuine hauntings yeah. and, and crazy. And such a good happening. ending. Yeah. Such a good ending. Grace watched that one with me. She That's liked a that. That's one. And then Creep. I, I yeah, I watched the like uh, in the same binge. Yeah, I watched Creep and Creep Two. Did you like it? I did. Isn't it? I weird? really did. I was like, oh, they yeah. named this movie exactly right. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? And that actor, he's usually in like he's kind of funny, mm-hmm. and he's in very not nefarious like bad roles typically than yeah the main guy mm-hmm. and then this one he's just a bad bad boy and bad he's guy. insane he's crazy yeah. um have you seen the second one too yeah, I, yeah as soon as it came out i was like oh hell yeah is I'm there getting, a I'm third i don't remember i don't remember if there is and if there is i would i'd watch it i yeah. think they only did two but yeah. um yeah no, that, that, that guy's wild that's a fun romp. I, yeah. I really like. I mean, it makes you unsettled, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, never mind. I'm just tripping. No, no. Oh, my gosh. Something yeah. bad's going to happen. And it's like you go back and forth. And well, yeah, because it's insane. like, you know, when we talked about uh, the reason found footage is effective is because you it puts you more feeling like you're in the story as opposed mm-hmm. to a traditional filming style. And so, and it's just so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like every situation with this guy, you know, because they don't realize until the end that he actually is a psychopath the uh-huh. whole time. It's just like, a, oh, he's just a little weird. And oh, this is just uncomfortable. They never think that they're actually in danger. It's just so uncomfortable. Yeah. And especially, I mean, 
maybe we can spoil it. We spoil things all the we time. We spoil stuff all the time. But, like, you think he's fine. You think he's going to be fine. Yeah, then, it's like he's stalked you a little bit, but maybe he's just, like, this lonely guy that is socially just awkward. And, you know, yeah, he went through your trash after you were there, but you know, but... He, he gave you a locket. Like, yeah, this is weird, but he's, you know. And then he brings his pe- peach fuzz mask out. Oh, the God, <laughs> yeah. Well, it reminds me of um, in the uh, Daniel Craig dragon tattoo movie. Mm-hmm. Um, at the, you know, spoiling more, but at the end when um, Stellan Skarsgård, like, has Daniel Craig all, like, trussed up and everything, and he was, like, saying how, you know, you knew... You knew it was me. You knew I was like the bad guy or whatever. And yet you came in the house anyway. He's like, I never it, like he I find it. He found it so fascinating that people were more afraid of offending someone mm-hmm. than they were of like being murdered. Yeah. You know, it's, like it's, he it's, went into the house of a man that he crazy. knew was a killer because he didn't want to be rude. Yeah. It definitely goes into that as uh, my favorite murder says. Fuck politeness. Like, fuck politeness. Yeah. Like, be like bitch no yeah because we are so conditioned to you know be like oh well this is making me really uncomfortable but maybe it's not really his fault and i shouldn't be rude and i shouldn't tell him that he's making me uncomfortable and i'm gonna go like i can't just walk away i'll just get stabbed to death i'll just stay in this situation until he actually kills me (laughs) it's crazy and then one more uh the chernobyl diaries oh that's a good good one. one That's a good one. I, th- I think it's always because I was, um, when I was younger, I was really fascinated by the Chernobyl disaster, mm-hmm. which funny enough, I will not watch that show, the show that was on HBO I haven't called Chernobyl. Yeah, I haven't watched that either. I heard it was insanely gruesome and I oh. wasn't in the right yeah, mindset. No, I yeah, think, and I feel like seeing actual, the, the actual reality of the impact of Chernobyl. Yeah, I'll just watch a fictional yeah, horror Yeah, I want to see something it. fake and so, with, with like weird, gross, like, you know, it, you crazy, know, hills have features. eyes type yes. shit, you know, That's but I don't want to see, see like the actual people who suffered and, you yeah. know, were destroyed by that. Yeah, well, incident. the historical fiction. Was yeah. it a story? I don't know. Uh, it was a movie based in truth. I keep seeing show, it and then but. getting excited because I think it's Chernobyl Diaries streaming <sighs> and it's not. I'm like, oh, shit, it's You're not. You're like, no, it's the bummer. I want to watch bummer the one. fake. I want to watch the fun stuff. <laughs> Let me see the fake crazy creatures. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I can think of right now off the top of my head. But I love yeah. those three. I think they're a lot of fun. Yeah, so if you want to keep uh, running, even though we are closing our found footage project with this episode, there is more out there, and you should continue your own individual exploration. Yeah, well, there's some real stinkers out there, but you know what? We took the leap, and you have to also. Yeah, yeah. You need to to watch the stinkers so you can appreciate the real art. The juicy one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think this is a fun project. It was really... I liked yeah, it. I and... liked it. And then um, <laughs> this episode, I think, has segued us kind of in a special way mm-hmm. into our first fall episode selection. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Vigil. Yes. Yeah. Um, and because we talked so much this episode about foreign language films and dubbing and subtitles and things like that, and yeah. The Vigil is kind of about 50-50 English and Yiddish. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does the not the entire movie is not subtitled, but it does switch back and forth between English and Yiddish. So you will be focused on the screen reading and staying engrossed in the story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I have never seen it. At least I don't think. 
So I'm excited to watch it and uh, be horrified. Yeah, so. no, it's it, I had it on today and it's just I it was too bright in the room. And so I wasn't catching all of the visuals of mm-hmm. the scenes because it's a very dark movie. If you're watching it during the day, you need to have your blackout curtains in yeah. place. Um, Sometimes but, there's too much of a glare to catch things. Yeah, like, yeah, you need it to be on. totally dark to really see everything that's happening. In this, but it's terrifying, and um, it came out in 2019. If you're okay. if you're not sure which the vigil you're looking for, if you're searching okay. it, it is streaming on Hulu right now. Are there any actors we I would recognize from um, from I, anything, or are they all just like people that we? Wouldn't yeah, really no. Know? The the only one that uh, jumped out to me is um, she's a, a main ish character. Um, she's the, uh, little old, she's the widow, Mm -hmm. um, of the character whose vigil it is. And she was Magda in the Hunger Games movies. Oh, okay. I sort of know who you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so it's weird to see her talk. And you're like, oh, you were not someone who spoke very much. Yeah. Um, you just rode around on that guy's back all the time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, but none of the other people um, really jumped out to me as being familiar faces. When you watch it, you may be like, oh, no, I've seen that guy in this. So maybe you'll, okay, you'll come back so to something. so not super well-known actor, no, but it's no. scary. All yeah. right, sounds good. I'm in. All Hooray. right. Okay, well, it was, this was a great conversation. This was great. Thanks for being good here. Good day. Bye, and Carlos. <laughs> Bye.